In Jesus' name we pray. Okay. Um, before I pray, before we start, I want to really encourage us to, please, please, when you come to church, make effort to listen to the word of God. Make every effort. You need it. You need it very seriously. Yesterday we had family forum, and I learned something. They say you listen to understand or listen to respond. Please try to listen to understand. Don't have these prejudices that block the truth from entering. Don't. If there's anything I need, if there's anything you need, it's what God says. Above every other thing. And when you begin to hear God and get corrected by the Spirit, you can, you can prevent a lot of things. You can, you can prevent so many things, health issues, challenges. You can adjust your life and those things stop. Stop just like that. And then I want to recommend that you, join, you really join in in the family forum. It's for every family. Last, yesterday we had about 58 people out of state, in the, within the state that joined in. The discussion was about uh, communication. I needed to hear that. You need to hear that. We need to learn how to talk. We need to learn how to what? Talk. We need to. So I would recommend it's, it's a, a first Saturday of the month by 3 p.m. Whatever you are, you can zoom in and join, listen, contribute. It will enhance your life. It will make your life much, much better. Let us pray. Our precious Father, I want to thank you again for the privilege we have to hear your word. We trust you with it, that you will speak to us and cause this word to enter every hearer. Give it entrance into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. So today we are looking at uh, the same thing we want to look at. Uh, sanctification of the spirit, soul, and body. And the text we've been taking, taking it for a couple of Sundays now. So I want to begin with Job 22 verse 2. Job 22 verse 2 says, Can a man be profitable to God? Surely he that is wise is profitable to himself. What is this saying? He said, if you listen to the word of God, it's not for the sake of God. It's for your own good. Look at verse 3. Is it any pleasure or advantage to Almighty that you are righteous? That you are doing this, you think it's for God's benefit? That you are upright and in right standing with him? Or is it gain to him that you make your ways perfect? Who are you doing it for? I remember one time uh, Pastor Chuka also gave a testimony how Pastor uh, Ezra was pursuing him about Sunday school, to teach Sunday school, and they were running around, he wouldn't teach Sunday school. One day he got home, the Lord spoke to him and said, do you think teaching Sunday school is for my benefit or for your own benefit? He said, who do you think is going to benefit that you teach Sunday school? That's how he came back and started teaching Sunday school. Now he's a pastor. So Job is saying, do you think it's, are you, is it God that's going to benefit because you understand scripture, you're walking in the light of scripture, or yourself. This is something we need to really clarify for ourselves. 
and have a proper understanding about it. So we'll be able to listen, to understand. So the need to solidify our understanding of this matter of sanctified spirit, sanctified soul, sanctified body is very important. Very, very important. Some denominations teach sanctifications in the way they teach it. Thank God for that. Bless God for everything. But it's so clear how you get sanctified. You can't put it beyond God that God can change you overnight. God can do anything. But the scripture teaches us, shows us how we go from glory to what? To glory. Let me start by saying again that there can be no noticeable change outside of a Christian until he takes care of his heart. There can be none. To those close to you, no. You can package your life to appeal to men, especially when you come to church. You can package your life to appeal to people. But there can be no noticeable change. Because your focus is not God, your focus is really me. Look at Romans 2.29. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. When your heart is purified, because that's what, where God is looking at. I can package myself and say, oh, what a wonderful pastor, but God knows me. He says, when you, your heart is purified and circumcised, then God gives approval. He gives approval. Because he sees and watches the heart. He says, I don't look like people. You can, you can approve anybody you want to approve. You can't force God to approve. John 5, 44. How can you believe which receive honor one of another? Yeah? Receive honor one of another. And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. 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 And God is not a man. And so Jesus told us that except you wash the inside, the outside is not going to be clean. Ah, he's the Lord. In Matthew chapter 23, 26, say, you blind Pharisees, first wash the inside. First wash where? I didn't hear you. First wash where? The inside of the cup. And what happens now? And the dish, and then the outside will become clean because what is, is happening outside is coming from your inside. Romans 12, verse 1 says, Then, so, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you in Christ Jesus now. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept, the kind. It's not everything that God accepts. The kind he will accept. This is truly the way to worship him. 
you want to worship God, this is how you do it. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world because the, the people of this world don't care about God. They do their own thing. You know, Jesus, when there was a feast and the brother said to him, he said, well, let's go. He said, no, you people do your thing. That's what he told him. He said, you go when you like. He said, I don't go when I like. He said, you people do your thing. You go. He said, you, you do whatever you like. He said, me? You know? I don't go when I like. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How does God do that? By changing the way you think. It happens from the within. Then you will learn. You will now learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, because Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sins. Why do that? Let them not depart from thy eyes. Why? Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Not Bible under your pillow. In the midst of thy heart. 22. For they are life. They are life. Unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. They are life. The word of God produces to those that find it, and health, health, health to all their flesh, health. Do you know that anger kills people? People have become suddenly angry, drop dead. Their heart can't handle it. They didn't know they have they a very weak heart, and they became suddenly angry and soared in anger, and their heart simply stopped. You know, hypertension is very prominent. It's, it's, all, so, so, it's very, very everywhere. Anger can elevate your high blood pressure. And if you are always angry, you are taking a huge risk. He says the word of God will be health to your body. It will be health. When you are younger, you may not feel this. You get older, it's easy to be a victim of your own anger. Very easy. So he said, we should keep the word of God because it's life. It produces those that find them, those that are interested in it, those that find them, look for it, and help to all their flesh. You know, David was concerned about his heart. He knew this thing. David was a prophet who peered into the future. God gave him the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. You know what word of wisdom is? It's a revelation of the plans and purposes of God. It's called word of wisdom. It's not, that, it's not the wisdom that God gave to Solomon. That's not that. That is the wisdom to deal with the affairs of this world. Now. This is word of wisdom that God gives you an insight into his plans and purposes. So David saw. You know, Jesus said, Abraham saw my what? This. Say he saw my this. Revealed it to him. David saw it and spoke so much about it. And he knew a lot about heart. It's like Abraham knew about Titan. Nobody taught him about Titan. The Bible says he found out. He found out about the righteousness of it. You can read it. It's in Hebrews, I mean, the book of Romans. 
So what can we say about what Abraham discovered? God revealed to him that faith is the righteousness of the kingdom. And so the Bible said that Abraham now believed God, and it was what? Counted for him for righteousness. It was revealed to him. Titan was revealed to him. When Abraham tithed, Moses hadn't been born. But he gave one tithe by revelation. That's how we should give tithe and offering, by divine inspiration. Not, not regulated in every Sunday, I give, I give God $5. You're not giving by faith. No, 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 you are not giving. You, you, you own that thing? No, you don't own it. You want to give by faith, you need to say to the Lord, this is the day you, I'm going to worship you. How much do you want out of your money? I'm only a custodian. I'm only a steward of this thing. Because one day I will close my eyes and leave this earth. I can't sign that thing again. I, can't, I don't have ownership of it again. We transfer it to somebody. How much do you want out of it? Then by revelation, he will tell you. Can I hear amen? So David was concerned about his heart. His heart. Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of what? My heart. Be acceptable in your sight, Lord. It's not about what men say or do. That's what I was saying on Thursday. Don't bother yourself when people misunderstand you and uh, criticize you. First of all, check out if that thing is true. Because if it is true, you need to humble yourself and change. If that thing is true, accept it. Accept it and correct and change. But if it's not true, just don't worry yourself about it. Because what matters is what God says. So he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, what I think upon, let it be acceptable to you. That's what matters. Nobody sees it. You know, I told you a story, and it's true. How two men were in the kitchen talking. And God allowed their host to see into the spirit world and hear them. What they were saying about each other wasn't what they were saying in the heart. Actually, what they were saying in the heart was the opposite. And the man said, what? God said, that's human being. That's human being. Oh, you know, I, 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 I missed you. Where did you go? You traveled? It's not true. And the Bible said that God desired truth. Where? In the world past. Because that's where he's looking. That's where he's looking. You can't cover it up. David said, I can't escape you. You see everything. So he says, search me in Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Forget about what people think about me. Search this heart out. Tell me what you see. Tell me who I look like. Tell me, Lord, who have I given my heart to? I said this thing. It's a serious situation. Most days I pray this prayer. I say, Lord, see me. I don't care what people think. It's you. I say, this heart, this my soul, this my mind, everything I give to you. Only you can handle it. Only you. I give it to you. Who am I? What do you see? That I'm pretending that it's not there. The Bible says the pure in heart, they see what? See God. 
So we need to purge our hearts of anything that is contrary to the truth in Christ Jesus. All of it. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, performing holiness in the fear of God. Open your hearts to us. Paul said, open your heart and listen to the word we are preaching. Don't close it. Open your heart to us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. This is a testimony of a true servant of God. Manipulated no one. Cheated no one. Not interested in what you have. All I want is to teach you the word. And what was Paul talking about purging ourselves? First of all, it's purging ourselves of wrong doctrine, false doctrine. False doctrine will rake your faith, and if it rakes your faith, it destroys your life. 2 Timothy 2.15. Say, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. That's key, people. Receive his approval. Be a good worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of God, who teaches the word of God correctly. Jesus said, if you make one of these ones that believe in me to go astray, he said, well, better you were not what? Born in this world. I tell people, you can be teaching all you want to. Make sure it's the truth because you answer to God. That word, you can't erase it from the Bible. Paul said, when I stand, I stand before you people in fear and trembling. He said, because I know God is the auditor of everything I say. He said, this word, I can't preach it with human oratory, lest I rob it of his power. Because I know who's watching. I know who's listening. I know who gave it to me to preach to you. So he says in the same Second Timothy 2, verse 15, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly, 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 correctly explains the word of truth. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. Wrong doctrine will lead to godless behavior. 17, this kind of talk spreads like cancer, and it does. I remember when we were living in Queen's College, this brother that was very, very, man, very zealous and on fire, and on with the truth. All of a sudden, we saw him. He was talking something. He attended one ministration, whatever. This boy changed they were, were newborn Christians, but we noticed that. We couldn't source. Me and my wife, we said, this, this boy, this is not the same person. And when we heard what he was talking, oh my God. Because one preacher from this country came there and preached junk. The boy imbibed it because he came from America. He soaked it in. He started to produce ungodliness in him, which we could even observe. Very young boy, very handsome boy. He 
He says it spreads like cancer. What did they say? As the, as the case of Hermeneus and Philetus, they have left the path of truth. They have been deceived with wrong doctrine. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is what? The truth. They have been deceived from the path of truth. Claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. Nineteen, but God's truth stands firm. Can I hear amen? Like a foundation stone with this inscription, the Lord knows those who are his, those who believe his truth to are in agreement with him, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. What is that evil? Is this wrong doctrine he's talking about? See, these people turn people away from the faith. See, put yourself of wrong doctrine. It will destroy you. Verse 20. Because he says, in a way the home, some utensils are made of gold, silver, some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasion. And the cheap ones are for everyday use. 21. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil. Let, let me read it in uh, this verse 21. Let me read the New King James Version. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the letter... The letter is talking about, you start from the beginning of this chapter, you know, the letter is talking about, is about, about these people who are spreading wrong doctrine. He said, he said when you, I think Titus was telling, he said, when you go there, I want you to shut their mouths because they, they are teaching what is wrong. He called them beasts in Ephesus. He said, I have to deal with this. He said, when I go, they will destroy the church. That's what he wrote. He said, he said, if I leave, these people will go in and eat you people. Nobody will stand against them. He says, I fought with these beasts in Ephesus. They were trying to destroy the church with wrong doctrine because that's what the devil does. So therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the letter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, 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 sanctification of the spirit, soul, and body, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Why is he useful for the master? Because he will teach people the sound word of God. Amen. So these are the other things that, uh, that really we need to purge ourselves from. Mark 7, 18. Mark 7, 18 says, says, don't you understand either? That is our Lord Jesus saying. He asked, can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you. Food doesn't go into the heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Now, when you read this, you understand that, that you are wearing a ring cannot defile you. People, this is Jesus. I'm not talking of bishop, whoever. I'm talking of the Lord himself. He said, there is nothing from without that can what? So how can a ring defile me? These are wrong doctrines we're talking about. We leave the thing that we should be purging and go after what we shouldn't be purging. Okay, if, if your ring defies you, why is my wristwatch not defiling? 
Why is my wedding band not defiling? Is it not made of the same material? So why is it that this wouldn't defile me unless I put it, if a woman puts it here? And God says, I don't look at the outside. I'm looking at where the thing that defies you comes from. And he told us, look at the, our Lord is talking. He said, don't you understand either? That is Mark 7, 18. He asked, can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart. Hearing doesn't go into the heart. Oh, they quote to her that um, uh, when Moses came, he took all the earrings from the <laughs> Egyptians and made, because, because they used it to make the my friend, live where we're living. Was it not God that gave them those earrings from the Egyptians? I'm asking. And they, because they used it to do, Moses was angry with them. If you know what Moses did, he said, who is on the laws? He dealt with them messes. Was it not God that gave them? Egyptians were paying them for all the most they wore for them as slaves. Because they are not slaves, they are children of God. So it says in verse 7, food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. That's why when we do the Holy Communion, we read the scripture and prove it. Jesus, you know, the, the law said to the Jews, there, are, there were certain food that were not allowed to eat. Am I right? Jesus came and sanctified every food. Every food. Read it there. And the Bible said, by saying this, he sanctified every food. And that's what Paul was saying, that every food is now sanctified and can be received with uh, thanks. Because Jesus put the law to an end. When he came, the lost Christianly stopped. He said, you remember that you are told this, but I'm now telling you this. Praise the Lord. And that's what, when they came to him, disciples of John, I say, your disciples are not fasting. But we have been fasting. And he was trying to teach them that fasting is not important in his kingdom. He said, you can't take a new cloth, and join to what? What is the new cloth? Righteousness. You can't join it to the old cloth. Old cloth is, is on a body that is not saved, not born again. So you can't. And they say you can't take the new wine. What is the new wine? The Spirit of God. And put in an old what? The old wine vessel is on, somebody's not born again. He said you take the new wine and put in a new vessel. When you are born again, you become a vessel and a temple for the Spirit of God. He was teaching them his mission is not about what you people are talking about. Because you can't, you can't be saved by works. I came to do something to produce a new vessel in which the new one will be. To bring a new, a new, a new what? Garment. That's what they call it. The garment of righteousness. Can somebody shout hallelujah? You can't be saved by your fasting. You can only be saved by the cross. Fast or not, it's the cross. That's what he was teaching them. 
He said, the, he said the, 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 bride, the bridegroom, the bridegroom, who is bridegroom? Huh? Is it men or women? Men. It's a long time I did it. Why are you looking at me? Bridegroom. He said, he said you can't ask them to fast when the bridegroom is what? It's with them. But there's a time the bridegroom will be taken. And they say, you see, Jesus has been taken away. Are you serious? Where is Jesus in you? Has he been taken away from you? Okay. He was simply illustrating that the feast continues. And he says, uh, he said, bread, <laughs> healing is part of the bread. The, the feast is still continuing. Because he said, I will never leave you. So he hasn't been taken away. When he was living, he said, he said I'm going, but I will come back to you. And when I come, I will be with you forever. Is he with us? Are we not members of his body? And there is feast before us in the presence of our... So the feast continues. Why making me fast? I only eat food, my friend. Fasting is good only for you. It's not, good. It's not for him. Fasting does not establish a covenant. Fasting is good for you but not for him, because he will never change. His word will never change, whether you fast or not. What he has given you, he has given you. These are wrong things we are trying to, people think that it is what they do, it's all their struggle, they take the credit, take all the glory. Mark 7. I'm still at Mark 7, verse 20. Then he, say, he added, it is what comes from inside now that what? Defies the man. This is Jesus talking. This is our Lord. God. For from within out of the person's heart come evil thoughts. Number two, what? Sexual immorality. Number three, what? Theft. Number four, what? Murder. Number five, earring. Listen, every good thing God gives you, you can misuse it. But that doesn't mean that it's not good for you. Except that you misused it. You can, you can misuse your car. You can misuse food. You can misuse anything. But when you know that God has given you sound mind, and the Spirit of God to guide you. Then you stop abusing that thing and start using it for the glory of God. That's what it is. When you know that the, the real beauty is not the outside beauty, that's the inside beauty, you can't be spending uh, 5000 on hearing. Even if you have the money, you can't spend. But you are not focusing on the hearing. It's not your real deal. I don't know if you get my point. It's not your real deal. It's good to look nice for your child of God, but that's not your real, real deal. Where you're focused and you're, all your energy is in, is in the beauty of the inner man, which pleases God. So you are no more abusing the physical things because your priority has been changed. For what received is the spirit of love, the spirit of what? Power. And the spirit of what? Sun mind. Sun mind. So what defies us is, I said, adultery, greed, greed. 
I don't want to talk about people who steal people's money in the name of book me. If you are book me person, go and pay. If I'm your pastor, I'm telling you now, go and pay. Go and pay. You have to do it. Go and do what? Pay. That is stealing with, with how do I put it? With two gag. No. Go and pay my, go, you are, that, that, that person, don't you know he has family? I mean, start paying something and say, my sister, I'm so sorry. I'm really so, and go with, go have mercy on you and help you. Please, let me start paying you to 200. But let me start paying. And I'm not going to book again. Let me tell you how I, distance come to my spirit, it swells from within and comes out of my mouth. That's why when God keeps saying something, keeps saying something, I know that God is pointing this out. I don't get it from people. I don't hear. People don't come to me. Who among, who, who have, I don't hear from people. It swears from here. Comes from here. Mark 7, 23, all these vile things come from within. They are what defile us. And the devil is seriously invested in this too. Look at John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Supper being ended, the devil, having now put in the heart of Judas, who put it? Devil. <laughs> That's his carol. Simon's son to betray him. If you, if you read for that, you found that the first thing the devil did was to put it in his heart. The next thing we saw that the devil now entered. And Jesus said, what you want to do, do now. You can't go back. You've passed the point of no return. So it starts with thought and then takes over. So the devil tries to inject thoughts to poison us because that's what he tries to do. But we have to resist him all the time. We have to. We have to. First Corinthians 4, 6. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure, transferred myself and to, and to Apollos for your sake that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written. You can't say, Pastor Chinedu said it. Who am I? You don't. You don't put a man above the world. You, you got to go study and realize, find out for yourself if that thing he's saying is what? It's Bible. Yes, that's when you take it and own it. You don't say Pastor Chinit. Who is Pastor Chinit? We, 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 you know, it's good to respect people. But when it comes to truth, you have to go to the Bible. That's what the Bereans did. Don't, don't let somebody think for you. You are old enough to think for yourself. Can I hear amen? Yeah, go to the Bible. You are old enough. And if it's not to you, you should say, Pastor, I didn't find this in the Bible. Then we'll show you. That's where you learn. Don't go there to, to, to make trouble. Just go and be sincere and say, Pastor, I didn't see this in the Bible. Oh, okay, this is where it is. You, you know my son, Hugo, came and said, Daddy, in my school, he said, I saw somebody that was talking to me about their church. You know, it's a Korean church because Hugo, 
we talk about church everywhere. Preach to you the gospel <laughs> everywhere. So, you know, you're always talking to him about giving your life to Jesus. So, I talk, so he said, this one, he said, oh, I'm a Christian. I go to church. And he said, we started talking. And then he said, in our church, some people left and started their uh, gay church. And I, and I told him, I, I told him, I said, follow Bible. I said, is that what he said? Yes, I told him. I said, that I told him, I said, in our church, we follow Bible. If it's not in the scripture, we don't do it. So that thing they started, it's not in the scripture. So nobody should follow it. And the woman said, yes. That will give them Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to where the Bible condemns things like that. I said, when he was talking to me, I was laughing. I was so excited. I was so encouraged. I said, that's amazing that this boy could stood and tell somebody, follow what? Bible. Follow the Bible. Follow the Bible. Follow scripture. Follow scripture. Don't put men above scripture. Say, hey, this bishop said it. Who is bishop? God said it's more important than bishop said. So you, like, you need to gain control of your heart. Gain control of your heart. Don't just let every thought remain in your heart. Because if you keep, our brother uh, said it yesterday, that you can nurture thoughts and they will grow. Remember who said it at our meeting yesterday? One of our brothers said it. He said, don't nurture evil thoughts, they grow. Brother Benson, you know he doesn't talk. But this one he talked was amazing. <laughs> our brother said, Brother Benson talks, Wow. I opened my ears, where, where, where? <laughs> you know, he said, don't nurture. And it's true. He said, if you nurture thoughts, they will grow. He said, you need to kill it. The thing that says your wife doesn't love you, say, kill it right away. And I remember one of the big pastors that we know shared this testimony, how he started to think that. He said, I started to think, I said, this woman doesn't love you. He said, instantly, I had the, God, the Lord say to me, stop it now. He said, that's why I shot. He said, because I realized the devil started suing. I'm, I'm misinterpreting her actions. And I started buying into it. And God spoke to, her, to him. He said, stop, stop that right now. He said, I shut it down. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. That's what Brother Benson was sharing with us yesterday. That we should shut down these thoughts. Don't let it grow. Amen? We should, that's what we do every time. Any thought that's contrary to the word of God, do what? Shut it down. Don't take it. Bro, this brother did this. How do you know why? You can't assign motives. It's beyond you. Completely beyond you. You can't do that. You cannot assign motives. I'm telling you here and now. There's no scripture that gives you the privilege or right to do that. Nobody assigns motives. You don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Only me and God. Amen. I said amen. amen. And so God cleanses us if we allow his word into our hearts. John 15, 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. You see, that's why we allow the word of God to get into our hearts. Because it purifies us. Verse 4 says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit. If it is severed from the vine, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. This one I've been teaching and teaching over and over. 
And James 1, verse 21 says, So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. Rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted in you and rooted in your heart contains the power to save your soul. When you welcome it, it's not when you sit there, you're not welcoming it and say, what are they talking about? Well, you say, what are they talking about? I say, okay, it's your life. Enjoy. 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 But believe you me, there's always something being sown in our heart, either by God or the world or the devil. It's always an attempt. Always, television will show a lot. It will show a lot. Let me tell you something. If you walk into a home, you can know the kind of words they're speaking here. If you walk into a home where they have quarreled, you will know. It's like you walk into a sense of darkness. And their body language and everything will be <laughs> exuding that kind of thing. I'm telling you, real. And so it says we should welcome the word of God because that's the only thing that can delete all these things and then plant the truth in us. So it produces godliness. Jesus said, without me, you, can, you can't do this. Thing. So if you're attached to me, let my, let my word be flowing into you, be flowing into you in Colossians 3, 16. Let the message about Christ, message about who? Message about Moses. Message about who? Christ, in all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom Christ gives. Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs to God with a thankful heart, 17. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Hebrews 2.1. We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. Or we may drift away from it. I'm telling you people the truth. I said it yesterday, some researchers did research, and they said only 10% of Christians listen to the word of God. That 90% don't. And those 10%, it's another percentage that really, they listen and they want to give themselves to it. Another percentage just listen and then, and Jesus thought that too. He said the same thing. But he said one quarter, 25, 25%. So here the scripture is saying, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from what? From it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm. And every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes you think we can escape if we ignore church Christians? This is the Holy Spirit talking. He said, how can you escape if you ignore this great salvation? If you ignore it. 
what Christ came to do. The gospel is about our salvation. The whole work that Jesus achieved on the cross is in one word, salvation. In one word. If you ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak. You neglect it, what else do you have? So we need to sincerely develop love for the word of God, love for Jesus. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2 now and see what helps us to really resist the devil. In 2 Thessalonians 2 9, this man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. Why? Why? Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that will save them. They come to church, they're sleeping half through. The Bible they read half through, sleep half through. When you talk of God will bless you, amen. This is our prosperity, amen. Okay, open your Bible. I want to talk about salvation. <laughs> How will you get the blessing? <laughs> It says, it says, it says, Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians 2, 11. So God will cause them now to be greatly deceived because that's their choice. And they will believe these lies. It's the choice they made. They will believe what? These lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the they cost it. It was their choice. It was their choice. An entire church was deceived. A whole church. I'm not talking of segments. A whole church. Galatia 3, 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? Say, why do you allow devil to do this to you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. The reason he died, the benefits of his death was taught you and clearly taught you. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the laws of Moses? Of course not. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your Christian life in the spirit, by faith, by trusting what Jesus did? Have you, he said, he said, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I like message. Message said, you crazy Galatians, did someone put a hex on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened for it is obvious 
that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your life. Somebody change your focus from Jesus to, to something else. And so Paul, that's why Paul began to pray for them again. That their eyes will be what? Open back. Galatians 4.19. Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I am going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is what? Fully developed where? In your life. It will continue. I will pray. I will seek God. I will fight. He said, I fight these demons. He called them beasts. He said, I'll continue to pray for you. Fervent prayer until Christ is fully formed where? In you. So that Christ has full expression through your life. That's what Christianity is. It's not about I want to do this, I will forget about it. It's that Christ has full expression. That's what it is. Colossians 2.11. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. Why, Paul, why are you agonizing in prayer for them? I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand, that they understand, that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Christ himself. Why? Verse 3. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. For Why are you praying this prayer for them? I am telling you this so that no one will deceive you. That's why I pray for you. That's why I'm agonizing for you. That's why, because they can deceive you like they did Galatian church. Take your focus away from Christ and put it on Moses, put it on yourself, put it on any other thing. So no one can deceive you with well-crafted arguments. Colossians 4.12. Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, Saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. It takes that. If you are leading men, leading women, leading life center, leading life Sunday school, leading a church, it takes this. Brethren, it takes this. Oh, it takes this. I remember one when I was leading Life Center, and I had just visited my Life Center, new people in their home. I left. I, if you know the distance, Oba, Ikeja, and Queen's College, if you know the distance, I got home, the Lord said, go back. I said, really? He said, go back immediately. And I, I, I did, I'm not sure I had the transport. I had to go by public transport. I went back. Immediately I got in, Jehovah's Witness people were leaving. The very people I visited had turned, became Jehovah's Witness. And I went back. And the minute I got in, they were leaving, so they were not telling me those things they told them. I had to teach them again. And I had to start praying with them. 
I will pray in my house till one. Not for my wife, not for my children, not for them. It's for these souls. Not for them. I can't remember praying for myself. I don't remember praying for myself, people. It's not for them. Not for them, not for me, not for them. For me, I will pray my heart out. And by the grace of God, sit doing that. That's why I don't see social things. What social? Because those beasts are everywhere trying to tear the sheep of God to shreds. Can I hear amen? And God is watching you. How faithful are you to him? Do you love the sheep? If you love them, give your life for them. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. I came to office on Wednesday. Man, I had an experience. I just can't tell what that experience is. I don't know where I say boarding. I was saying it on Thursday. It was just a morning that the Lord explained it to me. All of a sudden, I was drained of all. I didn't have energy, not physical energy. I didn't. I felt I didn't even know what to pray about. I, I was kind of, I can't tell, nothing. I just didn't even know if I could teach this thing. I just, it's like everything drained of me. I just sat in my chair. All I did was throw myself into God's hand. That's all I did. I, could, I didn't know what to pray about. Didn't, nothing. And when I stepped here, the thing followed me home. Then yesterday morning, the Lord said to me, he said, did you know the experience you had? I said, no. He said, I drained you of everything to teach you that without me you can do nothing. You see, you didn't have energy. You didn't have nothing. Nothing. I can't explain. I mean, I didn't even have the desire. Nothing. I just stayed there. I said, Lord, only you, Lord, only you. He said, I took away with it. So you learn to trust me. Praise the Lord. I will stop here. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you again for the opportunity we have had to hear this word so that we can really let your word come in and cleanse us out so that your life will manifest through us. It's not by power, it's not by might, it's by your spirit and it's only by faith it happens. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.